Just Life, a programme from Radio Maria England. On today's programme, we have Sandra Bearcroft, and she represents her group, Pets as Therapy. Hello, Sandra. How are you doing this morning? Morning, Helena. I'm very well, thank you. Today is Wednesday, November 3rd, and we are broadcasting live here from the studio. And Sandra has come in here. Lovely to have you here in person. It's always so nice to have the physical person speaking to us here in the studio. Uh, Sandra has her own special love, her own special pet, Merlin. He is not in the studio, (laughs) but he is in our hearts. And I think he might be listening at home. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) So Sandra's going to share with us some more about Pets as Therapy, the charity. And we will be opening the studio line for you, our listeners, our Radio Maria community, to join us in discussion with some questions. Or perhaps you'd like to share with Sandra and the rest of us about your pet and perhaps how that pet has helped heal you, comfort you, or be a companion in your time of need. The phone number when we open it up will be 0203-781-8423. If you're calling outside of the UK, the number will be 00 four four two zero three seven eight one eight four two three but now sandra i'm gonna turn the mic over to you thank you helena um, and thank you for asking me to come and talk to you today about the wonderful charity pets as therapy i've been volunteering with pets as therapy for around seven years now with merlin who is now nearly 12 years old. Um, He's a cockapoo, which uh, for those of you not familiar with crossbreeds, he's a cross between a cocker spaniel and a poodle. Um, But as I'll go on to explain later, the breed of the dog doesn't matter at all. It's all about their temperament. So what is Petsotherapy? Petsotherapy is a national charity and provides assessed and vaccinated pat dogs and pat cats with their owners to go along to visit a whole range of establishments including hospitals, hospices, care homes, day centres, special needs schools and many others and there they provide comfort, companionship and therapy. Here in Cambridge uh, we have the Cambridge Colleges which um, I have Uh, regularly visited. Um, Myself and Merlin often go to Homerton College and um, we and throughout the country um, there are therapy dogs visiting universities. There's also a very popular initiative that started back in 2010 which is called Read to Dogs whereby dogs are um, sent into schools, primary schools And a group of children will come out and uh, the dog lies down, usually goes to sleep, and the children will read to the dog, um, which they find really helpful if they're feeling nervous because, as we all know, dogs are completely non-judgmental. So just a little bit about the charity and how it started. 
The charity was founded by a lady called Leslie Scott Audish in 1983, and she set it up because she saw how depressed and lonely many people in institutions become when they're separated from their pets. Petsa therapy began as a pilot scheme in Derbyshire using two collies, a German shepherd and an old English sheepdog. And the pilot became so successful that it was extended nationally just six months later. So today, um, the figures will change all the time because dogs pass on and cats, um, dogs and cats pass on and are replaced by new animals. But approximately 6,000 pet dogs and 200 pet cats are currently active. And the charity is run by a very small number of people who are based in um, the Oxford head office. So what are the benefits of pets as therapy? Well, as anyone who has a pet knows, animals are unique in that they have an instinctive and a non-judgmental understanding. Um, they are also great icebreakers um, with people who might not be able to communicate, um, for example, with their carers or their peers, but they are happy to talk to an animal. Certainly on my visits to Addenbrooke's, when I visit the geriatric ward, um, the patients there are always really delighted to talk about uh, either pets that they currently have or many of them no longer have pets but will have had pets in the past or as children. And so this um, helps promote reminiscence by stimulating their memory and mental activity. It also gives people we're visiting an opportunity to nurture so the need for tactile contact is is a basic human need and many people in nursing homes can feel that their lives have little purpose um, they might have a boring routine they might lack social contact so stroking or feeding a treat to a visiting pat dog or cat just restores that feeling of being able to care for another living creature. Um, other benefits of the visits, well, it's as everyone knows, it's been proven that the act of stroking an animal can lower blood pressure and reduce stress levels. Um, the dogs are also used to help people who are clinically depressed. <clears throat> and... Through referral by clinical psychologists, the dogs uh, have been used to work with children and adults who are dog phobic. Um, certainly, I noticed this when I visited Homerton over the course of many years. Uh, one of the members of staff came up to me after about four years and said, I've been watching your dog come here every week or every couple of weeks um, for the last four years and I'm really terrified of dogs but I think actually I might be able to stroke Merlin would that be okay well of course Merlin was very happy it made no difference whatsoever to him um, he thought she was just another another person wanting to come and give him some love um, but it was a wonderful thing to see um, the pat dogs have also been used to help the rehabilitation of stroke patients, if you'll excuse the pun. Um, so often people who've suffered from a stroke have lost their power of, street, of speech um, and um, 
you know, we, we need to be able to communicate with people through speech, but dogs don't know or care wh whether the sound is making any sense at all. Um, what matters to them is the body language. And I've witnessed that at Adam Brooks where stroke patients will immediately try and sit up or move their arms into a position where they're able to stroke Merlin. So just moving on now to what is involved in being um, or becoming a pat dog or cat. So pat dogs and cats uh, have to satisfy various criteria. They need to be well behaved. They need to have a friendly and reliable nature. But most of all, they must enjoy meeting people. And in order to ensure that pat dogs and cats have these qualities, they need to pass a rigorous Petsotherapy temperament test. And these temperament tests are carried out by voluntary Petsotherapy temperament assessors. Um, and these assessors have undergone a training course themselves and they understand exactly what is required of a visiting pat dog or cat. Actually, I've realised that I've been using the expression pat throughout and some of you might be thinking, what on earth does that mean? Well, it's basically just the first initial um, of each word of the charity. So pat is pets um, as therapy, pets as therapy, pat. So uh, when we had our assessment, we were asked to go to Nightingale Avenue and the examiner was looking to check that Merlin was sociable and friendly, but not overexcitable. And one of the key things is that the dog or cat must never jump up. Um, so elderly people are very fragile and their skin is fragile. So it's important that the dog doesn't jump up at them and possibly knock them over or scratch their skin. And um, the same with children who could be frightened if a dog starts jumping up. Um, the dog needs to be calm and gentle when being stroked um, and not be overly licky or dribbly. And the dog needs to be responsive and interested in its surroundings, but also unflappable. So occasionally there will be sudden noises in the environment that you take your animal to, um, such as a walking stick might fall over or another noisy object might be dropped. So the pat dog must be confident enough not to um, run away and must recover quickly. Um, other criteria um, in terms of uh, health is that all dogs and cats must be vaccinated with all the recommended vac vaccinations. And then another fairly recent requirement is that uh, the dogs, and I don't know if this applies much to cats, but the dogs must not be fed on a raw food diet uh, because um, of the risk that they could transmit salmonella to a human. So in terms of the dog's age, there isn't a maximum age limit just as well as Merlin is coming up to 12, but the dogs must have lived with their owners for at least six months and be at least nine months old. And the cat or the dog can be any breed or crossbreed. 
They range in size from chihuahuas to Irish wolfhounds, with almost anything in between. The owners also come from all walks of life. The minimum age for visiting alone is 18. And there are all types of backgrounds um, that the owners come from. They could be guide dog owners, disabled volunteers, doctors, nurses, priests, teachers, vets, office workers. Um, Elderly dogs with health problems probably would not be suitable for registration because the pet dogs and cats give a lot during their visits and they're usually so tired uh, when they come home that they just want to go to sleep for the rest of the afternoon. I can always tell when Merlin's ready to leave because he stares intently at me as if to say, can you stop talking now? I'd really like to go home. So normally our visits will be ranging from between an hour, um, maybe two hours. Although I know that there are some of the younger dogs um, uh, uh, will be happy at Adam Brooks to do, say, a, a three-hour visit. But um, it's all guided by the dog and how, how, how much energy they seem to have. If you wanted to get involved with pets therapy, then you could consider... Um, registering your dog or cat Um, and the commitment is really as much or as little as you want it to be Um, it could be weekly fortnightly or monthly and if you wanted to register your dog or cat then you visit the website and um, the website is petsastherapy.org and all the information is on there as to how to start the assessment process But you may have had a dog in the past um, and don't have a dog any longer, in which case you might think about becoming a Petsotherapy temperament assessor. So um, that would be um, your role would then be to you'd be trained and then you would be asked to assess dogs that are coming through, dogs and cats that are coming through. Or you may be listening Um, thinking of an establishment or you might work at an establishment that would benefit from pets therapy visits Um, in which case you just need to ask the establishment to contact the head office by email Um, so I think that was the first part I was going to talk about. I brilliant, think. Sandra. Brilliant. I'm, oh, I've am i been taking notes just to think of, oh, it's <laughs> my dog. Will she, will Georgie tick off the list? I, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think. She, she's very jumpy, very jumpy. But oh well, oh well. <laughs> Let's take a little break. Is that all right, Sandra? Yes, that's great. Thank I'm going to take a little break. And for you listening, our Radio Maria community, we're going to have another little spill, a little more of the presentation. And then about half past, we'll open up the lines for you to call in, perhaps share how your pet has helped you. Or have you been a part of Pets as Therapy? Or if you've got some questions for Sandra, she is ready for you. The number, uh, you can write it down now if you'd like, is 0203-781-8423. 
This is Radio Maria and this is Just Life. And today we have Sandra Bearcroft, who is a member and a volunteer with Pets as Therapy. Sandra's a volunteer, but so is her dog Merlin. Who does who does more of the work? You or Merlin, Sandra? <laughs> when we visit? Yeah. Um, I think it's equal actually. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So Sandra's gonna continue sharing more about Pets as Therapy or Pat. Uh, again, their website is www.petsastherapy.org and she's going to share a little bit more about the charity with you and some more. We will be opening the phone lines, so prepare your questions, share your stories with us about you and your pet and perhaps what therapy they've done for you in your own home. Sandra, take it away. Thank you. Um, so I'm just going to cover a couple more points that might be of interest. Um, so I just thought, uh, as, as you mentioned, who, who does the most work, um, I just thought I'd look at um, what the dogs or cats actually get out of the visits. Do they just tolerate it um, or do they actually enjoy them? Well, my experience is that Merlin absolutely loves doing his visits. The um, charity um, have a very recognisable pets as therapy ID jacket, which is bright yellow. And as soon as I get that out, Merlin starts running around in circles and running to the door because he knows that we're going to be leaving soon. So I then have to try and calm him down so he's in the right frame of mind for actually doing his visit. But he absolutely loves it because he knows that he's going to be getting lots of fuss and attention and uh, admiration. Um, and it's so strange when we walk into places, you actually feel like you're walking in with some sort of celebrity because everybody stops, people run out of their rooms, um, patients get out of their beds and start coming along the corridors. And before you know it, you're surrounded by people wanting to stroke um, and stroke your dog and, and talk to me about um, what it's like um, taking Merlin for visits. And certainly as I walk away, I often hear people say, that's the best thing that's happened to me today. Um, I thought I'd just mention uh, how the charity is financed. So the charity provide the service to establishments free of charge at the moment, um, but they do encourage establishments to do some fundraising on behalf of Pets as Therapy. But obviously, as demand for the service grows, so the uh, cost of recruitment and the cost of supporting volunteers also grows. So the income is broken down by the following. Um, volunteers pay a yearly subscription fee, and that subsidises the cost of registering the dog or cat, and provides us with ID badges, registration certificates, uh, a volunteer handbook and ongoing support. The charity receives sponsorship from major national companies and grants from grant-making trusts. Um, supporters um, might leave a legacy. So when a person makes a will, they can uh, designate charities to benefit from that will and pets to therapy um, is sometimes uh, left a legacy. 
And then fundraising. We, uh, we do lots of fundraising throughout the year. And then also just individual donations through the website. And then finally, I thought I would just um, uh, touch on the uh, difference between pet dogs and other assistance dogs. Um, quite often when I take Merlin for visits, um, the assumption is that he might be um, a fire and rescue dog or um, uh, a sniffer dog. And um, whilst that would be quite exciting um, for us both, he's actually a pet. He's a pet dog um, and he, he is different to um, an assistance dog. Um, so other types of assistance dogs, you might have a hearing assistance dog a guide dog for the blind, um, a service dog. Uh, there are amazing dogs who can detect when someone's going to have an epileptic fit, who can detect cancer. Um, I saw recently that there are dogs who um, have been able to detect COVID um, and obviously search and rescue dogs. Um, but these are, they're ordinary pets who just have the right temperament and um, a love of life and a love of people and really the, the key thing that I, I want to say about uh, my involvement in the charity is that it's great fun it's fun for me um, I take great pleasure from seeing the reaction that we have when we visit Merlin absolutely loves it and the feedback that we get from the institutions and the people that we visit um, make us see that we're actually making a difference thank you i love it i love it again what a lovely way to share uh this this joy that's been brought to you merlin bringing you and sharing it with others Sandra, how did you first get involved with pets out there? Did you have a friend that said, oh, Merlin would be great, come check this out? How did you get involved? Um, well, it was really by chance. Um, I had, I'd had um, some health issues, which meant that I wasn't working. And I um, had had various treatment, but I felt well enough to do something and I was just looking in the Cambridge Evening News and noticed an article uh, by a, a, a lady with her huge uh, dog, her huge pet dog, and she was talking about the work she'd done for the charity. And um, over the years, various uh, people have said how well-behaved Merlin seemed to be and how friendly he was. And I thought, well, actually, that's something we could we could try. Let's give it a go. So I contacted the charity. Um, it, they are very busy, so it did take a few months before we were up and running. Um, and to start with, we visited a care home and uh, we visited... We used to visit, actually, a chap who... He had been homeless and had been um, using heroin on the streets... And he had been taken into um, a rehabilitation centre in Cambridge. And he was really missing his dogs. He had two dogs when he was on the streets who were for company and for protection. Um, and so um, once a week, uh, Merlin and I and um, this young chap and uh, his helper would would go for a walk 
and he would talk about his dogs and that just really helped um just really helped with him and his rehabilitation amazing so it wasn't it was as merlin sparked a memory and through that it came it may have been just merlin just a little this the personnel just you don't even need to have I guess he didn't even need to bark, but that just started it all. And Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Uh, Sandra, good for you for taking that little story, that little influence, that little seed of an idea and following through with it, even though it took months. But uh, it's good that they're busy, I guess, in a way as well. Yes. I mean, as, as I say, I, I really enjoy it. So, I mean, I, I get as much, if not more, out of it than... Um, than the people we're visiting because it's so great to see the pleasure that that's brought. Um, but yes, I mean, I, I know from seeing the lists of requests that come round that they they need more dogs. Um, and so, if if you do have a dog that you think is suitable, then um, please consider pets as therapy. Definitely, and their website is www.petsastherapy. Dot org. I could talk to you some more, Sandra, but that's not fair. <laughs> I've got to get. I've got to get the rest of our listeners who is lining up. I'm sure fingers ready at the dial to call in with their questions or their stories, sharing their times with their pets, their dogs, their cats. Sandra, if someone wanted to call and talk about uh, uh, their experience with a horse, would that be okay too? Uh, to talk about their experience yeah. with a horse. Yeah. Oh, well, that would be lovely, yes. <laughs> so there you go. So I know there's horse people out there. So Sharon, Sharon, who knows? Someone else like Sandra may be listening and think, oh, I've, I could be a part of this. I, I could help. And with that, we can pass the ball to the next person. <laughs> I think that's a dog joke. I'm not sure. Maybe not. <laughs> All right. Good Here's, pun. There we go. Here's the number for you to dial in now. I've opened the line. Boosh, bash, bing. Uh, is there a sound effect? I'll guess. Uh, but the studio line is now open. The number is 0203 Two, three. If you're calling outside of the UK, the number is 
This is Radio Maria and this is Just Life. Thank you for joining us today. We have Sandra Bearcroft in the studio and she is from Pets as Therapy. She's a volunteer with Merlin, her dog, her cockapoo, who's almost 12. And they are sharing their story, how they became involved, as well as what Pets as Therapy is. What are the benefits for the people that get to spend time with people's pets? And what's the process of becoming a pets as therapy dog? Elizabeth has been listening in and she has got a very good question for you, Sandra. Here you go. Hi, Sandra. Thank you for such a fascinating talk. Um, I'm just wondering what happened during COVID, whether presumably all the visits had to stop and this must have had a, you know, a quite a negative impact on the patients that you usually visit. With a, when were you able to start revisiting? Thank you, Elizabeth. Yeah, good question. Um, so, unfortunately, as far as Adam Brooks is concerned, um, the visits have st- did stop. Um, there were then, I think, some um, some of the dogs were able to see people outside um, on the premises, but in an area outside. But now with the changing weather, um, the decision has been made to actually pause, if you'll excuse the pun, all visits um, to Addenbrooke's until the spring. So that's the current position. Um, interestingly, though, I have I have noticed um, on there's a there's a pets therapy Facebook page, and I have noticed that um, there are dogs visiting in other hospitals in the country. So. I think infectious control in different hospitals take different views. Um, but actually, there's a, a good point about um, not transmitting infection via the dog. So even pre-COVID, um, we always we carry hand sanitizer with us and we always um, make sure that we hand sanitize and whoever has stroked the dog hand sanitizes uh, before and after stroking the dog so um there are we have to go through quite a lot of training actually uh, at adam brooks to be able to visit um but that's just one of the the basic requirements is that we do actually sanitize and the patients have to sanitize before touching the dog um and i imagine if we do go back to visiting on the wards then um you know we'll need to think about mask wearing which which isn't particularly easy with a dog um it's 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 not it's not ideal, uh, but the visits to schools are t- still taking place and to other establishments. Thank you. That's very interesting. Um, I can't imagine it working with cats. I know my cat would just be take it somewhere and it's just clawing to get out and would jump out the window and run up a tree. So <laughs> I imagine there must be a few cats with this special grace. But what about other animals like, you know? It's, Rabbits, for example, might be quite happy to just go and sit in someone's lap. Are there any other animals ever involved? Um, well, I have I have heard of and seen and seen other animals being used as therapy. Pets as therapy just concentrate on dogs and cats. Um, so I've seen horses, llamas, um, rabbits. Um, uh, um, yeah, horses have gone into hospitals, haven't they? So there are a number of animals, but I I don't know if there's a um, a charity, a national charity that deals with that. I th- I'd imagine that's just done on an individual basis. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, we're going to let the lines be opened again. Here we go. This is an opportunity for us as a community to share. I know, Sandy, if you're listening, what is his name? Rupert has brought such joy to you. Come on, give us a call. Share your story. Share how your pets perhaps have shown those same benefits to you. Or any other questions for Sandra? Perhaps, ooh, I'm not going to give you any suggestions of questions. You've got the questions yourself. So give us a call. Give us a call. But for now, we're going to have another song. Everybody, I've got a caller on. His name is Charles, and he would like to speak to Sandra. Hello, Charles. I have connected you into the studio. Thank you, thank you, Sandra. That, that was a fantastic talk, and it's, it's really energised me because I, I'm sitting here next to Leo, who is our almost two years Bouvier, who I think would be a fantastic pet dog. The, the question is, what's the what's the ideal age to start? And is there any sort of training we can give him before taking the test? Because I'm a competitive person. I wouldn't want him to fail the test. (laughs) Thank you, Charles. Um, Good question. Um, So they say that the dog has to be um, no younger than nine months. But I I think that that's actually far, you know, nine months is actually um, quite a tall order. Um, You say your dog is two years. I think Merlin was... Was uh, yeah. Merlin was uh, around three, um, so I did do I did do a lot of training with Merlin. Actually, um, I didn't just sort of leave it to chance. So, I suppose the key thing would be if you if you want to um, the key thing for the assessment for passing the assessment is making sure that your dog doesn't jump up. Is that something that he does at the moment? Yeah, no, he's not. He's not bad at that. He's, no, he's fairly passive, so he doesn't jump. Okay, so that that's a big tick, Um, and then um, then when he greets people, just greeting them appropriately, um, and not sort of rushing at people, but just approaching in a a sort of a a calm and a a gentle manner, and not being. um, Some dogs like when they're being stroked, they like to lick the person's hand. So if he does that, I would just be saying no and discourage him from doing that. Yeah, Yeah. he passes Um, all those. Passes all those tests. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, One of the things that we are actually tested on, because all the visits that you do, you have to take them on a lead, um, a pets therapy lead, um, and uh, they are not. They're not meant to sort of pull you. They're not meant to pull you along. Um, I can't say that Merlin is completely um, 100% on that. But anyhow, um, on the day he was fine. And he, he um, ideally, they need to be able to walk alongside you. So uh, yep. if you can train him to just walk to heal, then that would be perfect as well. That's, an, that's another thing they will look for. 
Okay. Okay. Well, I I, th- I think he's a, he's a goer for this. So um, excellent. Yeah. Okay. Uh, go well, for it, Charles. For... Go for it. Take your dog in. Let's see. <laughs> and then call Radio Maria and let us know how it's gone. <laughs> Will do. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Charles. Bye. All right. I I believe we've got time for one more. So, all right, guys. Here again is the number zero two zero three seven eight one eight four two three zero two zero three seven eight one eight four two three and i found this lovely song called chasing butterflies and it's by a gentleman named frankly speaking and this song was written for his dog keys who got diagnosed with leukemia And so through writing this song, it was kind of a therapy for himself as well, remembering his dog keys. But that doesn't don't listen to the song too much, everybody. I need you to call in. Call in. Again, the number is 0203-781-8423. This is Radio Maria and this is Just Life and today we have Sandra Bearcroft with us. She is a volunteer with Pets as Therapy, her and her friend Merlin, her pet cockapoo, almost 12 years old, has been volunteering for some time now with Pets as Therapy. The website for this charity is www.petsastherapy.com. You can volunteer as a person that helps share their pet with others or a person that becomes a pet animal assessor uh, or you might be interested in bringing pets to your establishment. Of course, Pets as Therapy is following all the COVID guidance and making sure that both the pets, the owners and those they're visiting are kept safe. Sandra, thank you so much for coming on this morning. I've got one, I've got a caller. One second, I'm just going to. Good morning, Sandra. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Morning. Good. I just wanted to say, first of all, what an incredible programme. I've so enjoyed listening to all of the discussion about pet therapy. It's fascinating to listen to. Um, So thank you. But I have a question. Is there a particular breed of dog that's most suitable to do pet therapy? That's a very good question. And um, I think the honest answer is no, there isn't a particular breed of dog. Um, I've seen all sorts of breeds um, at um, Adam Brooks. I think they were pre-COVID up to about 12 dogs that were visiting. And they were all sorts, um, ranging from uh, Labradors, uh, different crossbreeds, Yorkshire Terrier, um, and um, actually, um, there were a, a couple of rescue dogs as well. So um, having a rescue dog also isn't a bar to um, being a, a good therapy dog. So it's it's all about 
um, the temperament of the dog and um, I think probably also their relationship with you because they will be looking to you for um, reassurance and, um, uh, and, and encouragement to know that what they're doing is, is the right thing because, you know, at the end of the day, our dogs all like to please us as well as, as, well as other people. So um, I think those are all the factors. But, um, no, I'm, I'm pleased to say that there is no, um, there's no particular breed that um, is, is the, the top dog in this case. Yeah, that's a really good question because Merlin is, um, he is a medium-sized dog. So he's sort of halfway between being the, the small dog you can pick up and the large dog that can just easily sit by the bed and, and um, somebody can easily reach his head to stroke him. So we were finding at Adambrooks that um, the nurses would often say, can you please put Merlin on the bed? And they would they would um, put um, a sort of a, 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 a continent, incontinent sheet around the, around where Merlin was sitting. Um, right. So we used to do that in the past. Although more recently, I would um, we'd put a, a pad on a chair. So I would then put him on the chair and then take the chair right. over to the bedside of the of the patient who couldn't move any other way. And can I ask you one more question? Have you ever had a Jack Russell as a pet for therapy? Because I know that they can be a bit controversial, but they can also be incredibly sweet. And I just wondered whether you've had any experience with them. I'm sorry, I haven't had any experience of a Jack Russell, but um, no. again, okay. I, I don't see any reason why, if the dog um, is of the right temperament, that um, that, that couldn't be a success. Oh, thank you. Thank you for your call. Thank you, Katie. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, Sandra, our time has run out. I do. Is there any final words you'd like to leave our listeners, our community with this morning? Um, well, uh, other than to just say, I hope that this has uh, perhaps um, given people a little bit of information about a charity that they may not have known a great deal about before. So um, it is very much... Um, a charity that's working in the community and um, doing a, a lot of good. So uh, just perhaps consider supporting it or um, uh, just perhaps talking about it to friends of yours who might have animals that you think are suitable. Um, so, yeah, just spread the word. Spread the word. The website is www.petsastherapy.com. Dot org. Again, they need volunteer pets. They need volunteer owners. They also need volunteers to assess the animals and they do train the assessors and they spend time with all involved to help make the loveliest, most healthful, healthy atmosphere and experience for all those involved. Sandra, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Have a lovely day. And listeners, join us again tomorrow at 10 o'clock for Just Life. <laughs>